0: Here is Andrew Zarian's bottom half of the series.
1: I would love, I would love to see a, a a remake to Fiddler on the Roof with Chris Jericho, but he has to, he has to embrace the role. It can't just be Chris Jericho.
0: He's got to be tivia the Jericho?
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, the wall's of Jericho, right? It kind of goes hand in hand.
0: Uh, that's fair. If I were the Champion... <laughs> fantastic! You're fantastic. writing this whole script
2: right now, Joel. <laughs> like you've you uh, you get music credit for this when AEW <laughs> gets nominated for an Emmy for this segment.
0: Finally, God, talk about wrestling and Emmys. Uh, hey, Andrew Zarian, you went to SmackDown yes, in the Garden.
1: I did. I was there. I, I was. Uh, it was a surprise, actually. I did, I had. I actually I went to Lion King since you're talking about Broadway and musicals. I was at Broadway. I went to go see Lion King with the kids and. I got, I texted somebody from there and I was like, Hey, I'm like, any chance you got, because I had such a great time and the kids were loving. It. I'm like, you got any extra tickets for SmackDown? They're like, you're killing me. How many do you need? I'm like, four. They go, Oh my God. <laughs> I heard the Oi vey come from the other side. You didn't even have to say it. I heard it. And uh, they, they hooked me up with some really sweet tickets. They got me uh, in a suite and I was hanging out with Mike Johnson all night, which was fun first time i've engaged with him ever uh we were talking about flushing queens and the mets no wrestling just about the mets mostly uh and my kids had a freaking blast it was an awesome show they were packed the garden was slammed
0: that's wild and of course they did the uh the traditional stage for for smackdown they didn't do the the ple pre-ple stage where they kind of no
1: And, and i found out why um i i that was the first thing i said i actually uh the way i said it i was like i was like that's wrong? I'm like, you guys are fools. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you guys are fools. I'm like, you could have sold another four thousand tickets at least for this for this show because it was a really I mean a hot commodity and you could tell how hot it was. Those those secondhand market tickets, the nosebleeds were selling for a buck seventy-five. I mean, the worst, worst upper deck seats were selling for a buck seventy-five on Friday morning. He's like, actually, we, we thought about it multiple times. We had this conversation. The problem was the, the early ticket sales didn't move as quickly. So they couldn't make the adjustment because even if they had adjusted, you know, two weeks out, how many more tickets were they going to sell? A thousand? Is it worth it for that? No, not really. Because then you're going to have an entire section that's empty. They, they, it really came down to uh, early ticket sales. But I was told that this is a plan now for the garden and other key buildings that if the ticket sales, you know, shoot out the door, they they're able to sell, you know, let's say they, they do it for thirteen thousand and they're at ten already, they'll open up the second half.
0: They'll do that classic uh entranceway with the big double door. I don't know if they can. I don't I know, know if they, they can. They redid the, the garden, right? They they totally they
1: redid, redid it. it. Yeah, they redid the garden. So I don't know if it's possible anymore.
0: If they could, they would do a throwback smackdown in a second and just sell out.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, but they could. have. I I mean, I don't know. Could they have put 16,000, 17,000 in this building with, you know, what they had presented? I don't know. I, I think it just so happened that it's it's Manhattan. It's New York City. It's a Friday night. It's middle of July. You know, there was a lot of action happening. Manhattan was bumping that night. Every venue was slammed. You know, I'm there. I'm there all the time. But it was it. It felt like a really busy night, and I I think they benefited from it. You know, Um, the show looked great. There was barely any wrestling, and nobody cared in that building. Nobody cared.
2: I mean, the fact that. Go ahead, Jeremy. The fact that like it was still the highest grossing MSG event when they had less seats than than usual because of the big stage setup, and like they've held Manias, SummerSlam, like they've held their top events at that venue. And this was still the high, and I know inflation over the years and everything, but like it's clearly a hot product and they didn't even, i guess they could have gotten more money out of it, but like it was still the highest grossing Smack yeah. SmackDown, or it was the highest grossing domestic SmackDown ever, but still the highest grossing MSG event ever when they've held their big events there.
1: I mean, if you really think about it, when is the last mega event that they held that had over 13,000 people there? Really, it, it's been a long time. You know, they've been struggling with the garden. Uh, 2021, when they came back from that pandemic, they only had 8,000, 9,000 people in that building. The second time, remember that was that big? Um, I forgot which show it was. Joel and Jeremy, you guys might remember. But they were struggling at 7,000 tickets. And at the last minute, obviously, they, they pumped it, and their marketing wise, they were able to get it at like 9,000. But it was hard like 18 months ago. We're not even talking distant fe- distant past.
0: That was the, that was, I believe, the Raw that also had AEW running UBS around the same week. That was maybe December of last year. Uh, It
1: could have been, yeah. It could have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, it's hot. It's hot. And a lot of kids, a lot of kids, a lot of LWO shirts, a lot of um, LA Knight is probably their hottest baby face right now which is wild to think about outside of the bloodline stuff, you know, take, take away the bloodline stuff. Uh, super hot. He wasn't even on the show. He was on the pre-show showed up, did a little thing, uh, you know, with I think top dollar and that was it.
0: Do you think he should have been featured more prominently on the show this week or uh... on
1: this show? A hundred percent. And I think it would have been an elevator for him. Uh, I was, I was thinking about that yesterday when I was, we were doing observer live. If he was presented on that show, I I think it would have been another key moment for him uh, as far as getting elevated because that building wanted him. They really, really wanted him. Uh, And the last time I was at the Garden in March, it was the same exact thing. He came out and they erupted with him for him. And it's not, it's kids reacting. And that's the important thing here. Forget about us. Like, I'm not even talking about us reacting, you know. I see the comments, and it's always an older person saying like, oh, you know, Steve Austin and it's The Rock. He's doing Steve Austin. Fine, that's great. But you know what? Does it really matter? Because these 12, 13, 14-year-old kids, these 9-year-old kids, they're going berserk for him. Hear me out. So there's something.
2: Hear me out on LA night. So I'm looking at the the YouTube numbers, and – the LA Night segment, which was SmackDown exclusive, 1 million views. The only other thing, the entire like bloodline start to finish uh, thing that they put a vi- big video for, it did 2.3 million. Just the final segment with uh, Jey Uso was at 924. And then the even the tribal court segment is at 665. Everything else, like below 500, even below like 400. The women's segment's actually 518. But 1 million for LA Night. Here's what you do with LA Night. Just social media exclusive la night you can only see this man if you go to the arena to see the segment and then it's online only and then when he finally appears on tv he gets the big pop that's what they're doing with him that's that's my that's my theory with la I,
1: I hope they have a plan for him because i, I don't okay. you know naturally it, it's it doesn't it doesn't happen too often that a guy naturally gets over and they're able to elevate you know they always they always have an excuse on why they can't push. You know Brian Danielson was one. We heard every excuse in the book. Uh, Damian Sandow was another one. Not, I'm not comparing LA Knight to Damian Sandow. I know that there's some comparison there, but he was another one. He got over naturally, and they just didn't know what to do with him. Dolph Ziggler was another one. You know, with so many pushes, the, it, it's it's something that WWE is not good at, and that's that's pivoting with a natural change in their plans. I think for LA Knight, this has been brewing for about a year. Um, you know, I'm going based on forecasting, and I, I can tell you, you know, the upside is way more than the downside of elevating this guy and giving him something. Put the IC title on him. Put the US title on him. Something.
0: I mean, it feels like the US title is within his grasp. I know that they have to play out the Brawl and Brutes and uh, Awesome Theory pretty deadly thing, which I know a lot of people have different different views on, and I, I kind of fall into line with that. It's it's a weird. Six person tag to do. But anyway, uh, you've got what? Four weeks until SummerSlam. It'll probably get announced two weeks out. Finish that, uh, that Brawl and Brute story with Austin Theory. And then Theory will be like, I beat everyone. No one's on my level. And L. Knight comes out and says, Yeah. And then we have a US title match for SummerSlam. Do that. Why not? Simply. Yeah.
1: I, I was just, you know, overall for that show, um, for a garden show, to do a 35 minute opening segment, just promo, it's ballsy. And it worked, uh, and I. It, it's funny because the, the, that was a risk, and and speaking to people there, at, you know, at WWE while I was in the building, they 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 realized that this was a risk. It could have either gone terribly wrong with the crowd rejecting this, or it it, it got the reaction that it did. And you know, that building was interesting because they were reacting, but they were watching more than they were chanting. And I don't know how it came off on TV in that opening segment, if the crowd was loud or engaged, but they were, I mean, you look, I had, I had like the, the balcony view, so I could see everybody. And I had those, those theater glasses, so I was zooming in on everybody's face. I could, I could do one of these, and I could see everybody's face. Everybody was shockingly watching. They wanted to see what was going to happen next, and they don't really, that doesn't really align for them too often. Either they reject it or they fall asleep. And they were into it. They wanted it all night, and then at the end, they got a, they got edge wrestling, which was a big surprise to everybody. And then they, they finished off with Roman again, and it it was a fascinatingly paced show. I've never I've never been to a live wrestling show where it was it was the way that it was presented. Uh, again, it felt like theater. It didn't feel like a pro wrestling show, which is fine, you know. Look at what we see. I did one of those, um, but it was awesome.
0: Waldorf over here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Mike Johnson screaming about the '86 Mets behind me. It was fantastic.
2: <laughs> the, I mean, Joel Joel can speak to this as well. But the the crowd at at portions of it, it was low, and then you could tell like they turned up the volume on the crowd. Uh, they oh, did had they? the mute. yeah, yeah. Um, early on when the the uh, you got pinned chant that they were chanting at roman that was very low to start the segment and then all of a sudden it just grew a little bit louder it's like i don't think like more people chanted i think they realized oh let's turn the volume up on the crowd a little well bit I, also
1: what they did they, they dimmed the crowd because of the chants
2: yeah they had to mute the crowd because you know they were chanting uf'd up or, and and things like that and yeah. uh so yeah, they had to mute the crowd. And then when Roman started talking again, they had to, yeah, turn the crowd down so Roman could could speak and you didn't actually miss any of the dialogue on this. But the crowd seemed very hot, very interested for it. It definitely didn't watching it at home, it didn't feel like like, oh, this is just dying with the crowd. It was they were either yeah. into it chanting stuff or they were being attentive, like you said.
1: Yeah, I I, I thought they did a great job now. I mean I, did, did you guys feel it was a really good show or no? Watching it at home.
0: It 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 worked in that it like, I don't I won't say it flew by, but it certainly paced itself in a way that I was like, oh, okay, we're done. Uh, but I also feel like the show was so bloodline heavy that everything else kind of didn't exist. I was yeah. talking to Kate last night and my feeling with the LA Knight thing, by the way, was that WWE loves to do a two and a half things that you remember per show and putting L.A. Knight on the show where it was Bloodline was number one and two, and then the half was Grayson Waller and and Edge. Like that was, putting him on the show would have been detrimental to L.A. Knight's kind of focus. And I think if you bring him in next week and he becomes number one or two focus on on the show, then you're kind of telling the people he's important. If they brought him in this week, it would have been like, here he is, big cheer. And then that's it. Bringing him out in front of the crowd was smart. But uh, the show itself, watching it on TV, I thought it was paced in a way that, that, yeah, it felt good. Uh, I don't think it really dragged too long with the opening segments. And then the matches themselves were just kind of there. And that was okay. Edge and Waller, really good match. Setup was fine. Glad that Waller is now wrestling a match instead of just talking for 15 minutes. He had
2: a broken leg. He had a broken leg. No, I get that. But my
0: point is I'm I'm legitimately happy to watch him wrestle instead of doing a 15-minute segment that could not go anywhere at the time because he was injured. Right.
1: Yeah. It, it's also really interesting because um, like the fa- fandom, right? Like seeing, seeing who people react to, like I'm, I'm almost 40. So I'm an in-between generation of what's watching right now. Mostly the people that were there in that crowd, even with their kids were people that grew up in that 2000s period, you know, that were watching in that two thousands. So edge obviously is a big deal for them. Uh, you know, like when you have these returns, like it's now shifting, like Randy Orton, right? Randy, Edge, like that generation is now bringing their families. It's not the Hulk Hogan generation that I grew up on and the Ultimate Warrior generation. So it's interesting to see how the crowd is changing uh, and their reaction to things is changing. I, I, it, it, I, it was really, every time I go, I, I love people watching because you kind of get a gauge of where things are headed. And, you know, like the legends, like we talk about bringing up legends, like edge is one of those, but edge is 47 years old now, you know, edge is not going to be doing this too much, too much, uh, moving forward, but who's that next generation that will, who are the next generation of 40 year olds that you're going to see they're wrestling. They never stopped, you know, like Samoa Joe, he's in his forties. AJ Styles is 44. Damian priest is 40 LA Knight is 40. You know, the, the, We grew up on this generation where, like, oh, crap, you're 38 years old. Remember, we saw John Cena's turning 38. Is his career ending soon? Yeah. You know, but now these guys are more active. So I'm curious, like, who's going to be that next generation that brings a big pop when they return? I don't know. I don't think these guys ever stop now. So I think it's just going to be a transitional thing. You know, they'll appear every now and then. Um, I I think a lot of people also thought Bray was showing up. I don't know why.
0: There was also the Carlito rumor that people were... And the
1: Carlito rumor... Yeah, I got asked that. I mean, not that I'm saying I got stopped in the streets and people were, you know, clamoring (laughs) to ask me questions, but I I got stopped. And people were like, Do you know Carlito's here? Do you know if, if, but overwhelmingly, people were asking me about Bray.
2: I didn't hear, I don't know. I didn't hear anything about Bray. Carlito was. Carlito was a big thing. I think PW Insider even like said like this was the plan, and obviously plans can change and stuff. But they said a couple weeks ago that Carlito was planned for like the MSG show. That was the how plan. do you not bring
1: out Carlito at MSG? It's a huge market for him. It's, you know, not first of all, it, it's a great it's a great market to bring him back, right, to begin with. But I mean, we have a huge Puerto Rican population here, dude. LWO shirts up the wazoo, unbelievable to see so many LWO shirts it is over I mean it's it's New York so of course it's gonna be over here I don't know in like like you know uh, Plymouth Montana however the LWO is gonna be but in New York City it's very over
0: so just before uh, is that a place is Plymouth Montana a place let's let's you all right you you look it up and I'm gonna tell you okay we're gonna start to wind down here uh the sphere in Vegas that was a topic of conversation for many reasons. Uh, we've mentioned it on the show, and I saw that uh, the F4W threads are starting to talk about the possibility of running uh, the Sphere. You want to? You want to talk about that? The MSG. I got some insight on that.
1: hundred uh, percent, they're going to run the Sphere. Yeah, it just depends on when they want to run the Sphere, and MSG very much wants them to run the Sphere. Uh, it's going to be a hot attraction venue. Uh, they every hot act that you could imagine is going to want to run that building uh it, it's it's wild i don't know I, I mean what would they do for wwe you know would they would they would they present it on the sphere would they do something oh, cool yeah. i don't know but
0: absolutely you would
1: yeah wasn't that sphere gonna be for e-gaming only remember that
0: see i don't remember i just remember youtube being like we want in first and we'll pay whatever we need to to get there and they're gonna yeah, probably- YouTube, you- there's some cool stuff in there
1: yeah, MSG is doing some interesting things. Um, I know a lot of the people there. Uh, but WWE, 100%, I expect them to run the sphere. I don't know if it's going to be 2024, uh, but it, it's, it's in the plan. I mean, the, it's, how do you not run that venue? It's a very unique venue, and it's an automatic sellout. You run the sphere. Yeah, not only do you have the push from the Venetian that's going to comp half your freaking tickets, that building is going to be 100% at occupancy because you got the Las Vegas you know, push for the hotels.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that venue get run for wrestling because someone was going to do it. I talked to Mark Hoke, who, who lives in Vegas and was at Double or Nothing, and we talked about the Sphere on the show, and I was like, someone's going to run that venue. And if it's not Tony, who at the time didn't know about the Sphere, it's going to be WWE because they have the relationship with the Madison Square Garden.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they they could get in that building, if AEW could get in that Sphere. It's a garden connection, you know? Right. And We, so, know, we know how that works.
0: Yeah, but they're they're happy to run T-Mobile or Modello or any of those local you know yeah. hotel adjacent MGM. They could potentially work there again. Uh, but yeah, anyway, just wanted to bring it up.
1: Joel, I know we got like I know you have another guest at ten thirty, but I have a question. What the hell's going on with AEW in Canada? Why can't they sell tickets over there?
0: Well, you see, when you uh, when you, <laughs> you go, tell places, me, educate me. When you go to places like Hamilton, <laughs> Hamilton's like going to Queens.
1: Okay. Burying. Excuse me. Excuse me. (laughs) We (laughs) sold out Arthur
0: Ashe. You're right. Hamilton's like going to Brooklyn. Okay. Thank you. No. no, Have you read? Yeah. Okay. Nights earlier. Uh, You know, I think a lot of just quick succession, and then going to Regina was a choice. Uh, I have a friend who was there, and she had a great time. Like she was just excited to be there. Uh, Show was fun. The people obviously had fun there, but they couldn't move tickets because Regina is not. First of all, it's not Stampede Country, and I know people push back on me about this. Kevin Kelly all night being like Stampede Country, Stampede. I'm like it's the Calgary Stampede. It's not Stamp. It's not Stampede Wrestling Country. Sure, that's where they used to do the loops, but Regina's not a hotbed for wrestling. It's not a hotbed for anything, quite frankly. Sorry, <laughs> friends in Regina. Jeez. it's just not so out.
1: aggressive about Regina. I know. Shout I called it Regina. I called it Regina, <laughs> Saskatchewan, and Lance Storm immediately berated me good <laughs> on on text he started yelling at me he goes it's not regina it's regina
0: you thought it was regina specter regina Saskatchewan. regina
1: yeah regina
0: <laughs> but anyway
1: i don't the- know i don't know the canadian affect
0: you but, know but then they're, so they're gonna run uh they're gonna run calgary this coming saturday and i anticipate a good turnout for that but also the saddle dome is a massive venue and again it is the stampede week like you want to know how big stampede week is my wife works for a Calgary nonprofit. I'm not going to dox whatever. I'm not going to say, but they closed for Stampede. Like wow. and they no they have no association to this stuff, but they are closed for Stampede. <laughs> yeah,
1: just- that's interesting. So, so did you did you see that the walk-ups were a lot more for the show? Is that is that a common thing? Would you expect more walk-ups for the uh, for the Calgary show?
0: I wouldn't be surprised because like Madison Square Garden, it's a thing to do in a major city on a Saturday night. So I wouldn't be shocked. And it's also the venue is across from Hitman's Bar. So if they're smart, they'll do something as a tie-in with that bar, or they'll at least tell you, like, go to Brett's Bar after the show. We'll give you a drink or do something. Do just get people there. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we have a few a few walkups for that show.
1: Interesting interesting no i i i was curious I, it's a long trip too you know it's a lot of it's a lot of i understand why they did it but it's i'm looking forward to them leaving your your home country
0: boy howdy me too and then they come back in <laughs> and go to montreal if you're listening to pat la and like pat- but
1: that's not part of canada right they're, they're their own thing
0: yeah, yeah. they, they want to leave i get it yeah. again it's like the florida thing with the bugs bunny wanting to chop it up we want to do that to Quebec yeah. all the time but if they go to Montreal in the middle of December when it's cold and, and icy, I don't know what wrestling companies think this is a good idea for because WWE did that with the Elimination Chamber and I cursed it the whole way through because it's cold, it's snowy and gross. Did you go? Yeah, I was there in press. It sucked for the... The, the show was great. The getting two places sucked because it was snowy and gross and cold. Yeah. So whatever.
1: Yeah, see, see, the garden for me is so convenient because... Penn station is underneath the garden. So I'm at the garden every day. There are times that I'll go to a Rangers game. I just go up to the bar. I don't even make, it. I, I go upstairs and I go into their like VIP bar area and I just have a couple cocktails and I get back downstairs and I go on the train. I don't even go in the actual building.
0: Yeah, you just watch the, watch the oh. game in the venue. That's it.
1: Also fun fact. The garden is on the fifth fo- floor of the garden. I don't know if you guys know that it's not on the floor floor. It's on the fifth floor. Everything <laughs> little fun fact.
0: Here we go. Uh, yeah. Andrew, you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'll thank see you, you guys. I'll be. I'll be back next week or or later yes. this week. I know you guys do right. this a couple times. I'll hijack you guys <laughs> another for another twenty five minutes. He yeah. just
2: pops in. He's never scheduled. He just shows up.
1: No. <laughs> Someone give him. a No, line. I like it. I see you guys alive. I'm like I got. I got to see Jeremy.
0: Forget about oh, Joel. Thank you. Thank I'm you. only here for you, not him. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Thank you. Bye, you. Care, Andrew. Take